Thank you for joining us for Sunday Worship. As a church family, we share our time, our talents, and our wealth. Normally, we would be passing the collection plates, and we would be together in our church. However, since we are unable to be together, we are asking for your support. Checks can be mailed to Harriston United Church at P.O. Box 298, Harriston, Ontario, N0G, 1Z0. There is also a donate button on our website www.harristonunited.com for those who would like to donate online. Thank you so much for your continued support. Friends, as we come together in worship, may we feel God's Spirit drawing us together. Welcome to this shared worship service between Harriston United Church and Grace United Church. I am the Reverend McCall Cottrell, minister at Grace United, and co-leading worship with me today is the Reverend Jessica Cottrell, minister at Harriston United Church. As you welcome us into your home, we welcome you into ours. Please note that during this time of stay-at-home orders, there are no in-person worship services at either Grace United Church or Harriston United. We are thankful for the technology and the sharing of many gifts that allow us to worship together in this way. Information on how to contact Jessica or myself during these stay-at-home orders, during this time of stay-at-home order, can be found on our church answer machines. The main office answer machine at Grace United is being checked remotely by our administrator, Laurel. Please note that this year's annual congregation meeting at Grace United will be taking place on Sunday, February 21st at 11.30. In case of power outage or technical failures, the meeting will take place on February 28th. The meeting will be taking place on Zoom with a call-in option available. More information, including how to attend, will be available soon in our Friday forecast or by calling the church office. And friends, as we gather together in worship, we remember that for thousands of years, Indigenous people have walked upon this land. Their relationship with the land is at the center of their lives and their spirituality. As we worship together today, we recognize that we are all treaty people. We are part of Saugeen Treaty 45 and a half, and we are gathered on the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee, Ojibwe, Anishinaabek, and Métis people. We acknowledge the pain and broken relationship that has come with colonization and an ongoing history of oppression and racism. We pray that God may lead us in ever working towards building right relationship. Friends, come, let us worship together. May the light of Christ shine brightly in our lives and all around us. We join together in calling one another to worship. God of the prophets, call us today.
Call us into your ways of love, justice, and righteousness. God of the poets, remind us again of how much you love us. Sing to us your ways of love, justice, and righteousness. God of the disciples, teach us how to follow you. Teach us your ways of love, justice, and righteousness. God of all creation, help us to know your way. We gather to hear your call, to sing your praise, to teach each other, to pray and worship as the body of Christ. And friends, let us join together in prayer. Let us pray. God ever leading, as we gather today in our varied places, draw us together in your spirit to encounter your holy love and the companionship of community. Strengthen us for the journey of faith that we may claim our place in your holy work and inspire others to share in your love. Amen. Good morning. Our minute for mission this morning is about human trafficking um, crisis in India, where an estimated 20 to 65 million people are exploited. Lakshma, a teenager from West Bengal, India, went missing from her family home just a few months ago. Struggling to survive, Lakshma was trafficked by her aunt, who promised that she could earn money and become independent by dancing. Thankfully, Lashma's parents contacted the Diocese of Durgapur, which runs an anti-human trafficking program supported by your mission and service gifts. The Diocese intervened, and on the threat of legal action, Lachima's aunt returned her to her parents. Human trafficking is a crisis in India where non-government organizations estimate that 20 to 65 million people, especially women and girls, are exploited. Girls like Lachima are typically trafficked to be sexually exploited or forced into marriage, but they can also be trafficked for labor and even for organ har harvesting. Sometimes their own family traffics them. Other times girls are taken by complete strangers who often hunt for victims in places where it's easy to poach them. Around the world, human trafficking is one of the fastest growing criminal enterprises because it is relatively low risk and has a high profit potential. That's because, unlike drugs, humans can be sold repeatedly. The pandemic has made the problem even worse, especially in parts of the world where the economy is suffering because of the COVID-19 crisis. The pandemic has had many repercussions in India. Migrant laborers all over India have lost their jobs, and many have died trying to reach home for the lockdown. The economy took a hit with the largest drop of GDP at 23.9%. Every time India faces a crisis, there is a risk in trafficking in that country, explains Roger Moses a program coordinator with the diocese. Your gifts through mission and service are making a difference in partnership with the diocese. Your support helps the anti-trafficking unit find and free women and children who have been trafficking. 
Once they are freed, your gifts help victims seek justice for what they have been through and regain a sense of worth and acceptance. Your generosity is also preventive helping provide the education that's needed to offer protection against predators. With your help, young women like Alachma have a second chance of freedom and families like her can get their children back safety. Now more than ever, the world needs your generosity. Thank you for your gifts through the mission and service. Our Bible reading this morning is from Mark uh, chapter 1, verses 21 to 28, and it's from the New International Version. Jesus drives out impure spirit. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in their, in their synagogue, who was possessed by an impure spirit, cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching? And with authority. He even gave orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Thanks to, be, to God. Friends, let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This past Thursday, January 28th, was Bell Let's Talk Day, an annual day supported by the telecommunications company to raise awareness about how mental health affects every one of our lives, to end the stigma around the conversation, and to fundraise for various mental health initiatives throughout Canada. The company commits to donating five cents for every social media interaction that occurs on this day and encourages its followers to participate as actively as possible. Since the first Bell Let's Talk Day in 2010, the total money raised for various mental health resources has been over $110 million, an amazing amount that is powered through social awareness and connection. No campaign is perfect, and Bell Let's Talk is certainly not without its critics. But I do admire that they try hard every year to commit to furthering the conversation. While the conversation around mental health needs to be continued year-round, it is always inspiring to see people participate, especially this year, when so many have been struggling during the pandemic. The leaders of all of our national political parties usually get involved, as well as other civic leaders throughout the country, universities and colleges, the Canadian Armed Forces, sports teams and athletes, celebrities and entertainers, and ordinary citizens like you and me. Mental health is a huge issue and it, it impacts all of us. 
In fact, it is thought that every single person in this country has had their life touched by issues around mental health. Whether it has affected someone we love or work with or even ourselves. And yet, we often stay silent. People suffer in silence because of the stigma involved with mental health. We know it exists, but we don't want to talk about it. There is a great stigma around discussions of mental health issues, and yet we need to break the silence. We need to end the stigma. We need to talk. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. The man is shaking as he stands up in the synagogue and speaks to Jesus. The congregation sits for a moment in stunned silence. They can't believe that this is happening. This man who is standing there challenging this new preacher, why well, he's never acted like this before, Granted, none of them know him very well, but he's in worship every week, mostly keeping to himself, never really bothering anyone. Yet just as his new teacher was really getting to an interesting point, there is this man standing up and interrupting the message. What in the world is this man from Nazareth, this man called Jesus, going to do about it? They silently glance from the man standing in challenge back towards the front. Very calmly and clearly, Jesus looks straight at the man, catches his eye and says with a firm voice, be silent and come out of him. The congregation is amazed at what has just happened. And with this, Jesus's fame starts to spread throughout the region. This interaction that we read in, in Mark's gospel this morning is Jesus's first act of ministry. After calling his disciples, the very first thing Jesus does is to go to the synagogue and to teach. The writer of Mark's gospel says that his teaching is so radical, so different, that those who heard him were astounded because he taught with an authority that they had not been exposed to. It is in the midst of this teaching, in the midst of the place of worship, in the midst of community, that this man stands up and challenges Jesus. Mark's gospel says that this man had an unclean spirit, though he doesn't really expand on what he means by this. What does it mean to be unclean? For many years, scholars have wondered if perhaps this man was suffering from a mental illness, from one of the conditions that we are still learning so much about. And perhaps that is true, and perhaps it is not. We don't know. We weren't there. What we do know from this reading is that something in this man felt threatened by the teaching of Jesus. Something deep down within him started to shake when he heard the words that Jesus was using. Something that lingered in his heart and soul recognized the authority by which Jesus taught and was scared. And so the man stood up and challenged Jesus. 
All of us have something that binds us, something that holds us back, that binds our hearts, that limits the freedom in which we have been created. We all do, whether we admit it or not. Some of us live in fear of doing the wrong thing. And so we carefully monitor what we say and what we do. Some of us live in fear of losing something important. And so we pile our possessions very carefully, building walls of things around our lives and our hearts. Some of us live in grief, never really accepting the death of one who we loved. We all have something that can hold us back. Anger, fear, retail therapy, substance abuse, being a workaholic. And these things have the ability to possess us, to bind us, to cause us to second guess our actions, to restrict the movement of our heart and our hands. And into these fears, into these hesitations, comes the good news of the gospel, spoken with such authority that it can make us shake. I am with you, says God. No matter what happens, I am here. Now let me be clear about one thing. I am not saying that with just the right prayer or way of thinking that we can get rid of these things that bind, especially when it comes to issues around mental health. There have been amazing advances in medication and meditation and other coping techniques. And the prescription for each person is as unique as they are. But I do believe that in all these situations, no matter what we are struggling with, no matter what is holding us back, that God comes into the messiness of our lives and says, I am here, you are my beloved, and I am with you. That in those times when we feel that we are at our most unlovable, that God speaks to us words of hope and peace and love. This can be hard to accept because when we are bound by whatever troubles us, then we can have a hard time believing that God is there. Why would God want to come into the dark corners of my life? Why would God show up when I am not someone anyone wants to be around? Why would God even care? And into all of our moments, but especially into those moments, God comes to us and sits down beside us and starts to talk to us as one who is loved and cherished. It is enough to make that fear deep inside of us shake to its very core. In each one of the four gospels, the first act of Jesus helps to define his identity for that gospel writer. In Matthew, as he preaches the Sermon on the Mount, it is clear that Jesus is a teacher who has come to reveal God to us. In Luke, he preaches about freedom for the oppressed from Isaiah, and it is clear he is an answer to ancient prophecy. In John, he attends a wedding and transforms an outrageous amount of water into wine, 
portraying him as one who wants others to know of the abundance of God. And here in Mark, his first act of ministry after calling his disciples is to order whatever holds us back to let us go, to break boundaries that we think are impenetrable and to show us that there is nowhere God won't go to be with us. I think it's important that Jesus does this work, this first act, after he calls his disciples. He reminds us that this work, this journey of unbinding, of freedom and release, happens best with the support of community. We are not called to walk the way on our own. We are called to do the side by side with others who care for us and with our God who was our light, our way, and our guide. Throughout the Gospels, and especially in Mark's Gospel, we hear a message that God wants each and every one of us to live into the freedom and life that we were created for. In order to do this, we need to have those conversations with God. We need to hear the words of our Creator. We need to open ourselves to the possibility that there is one who loves us, and accepts us for who we really are. For we need to remember that we follow a savior who stepped right into the path of pain and rage, ugliness and horror. He didn't squirm or flinch. He didn't feel the need to keep his hands clean for polite company. Instead, he showed everyone in the synagogue that day that he, and therefore the holy, is in the fear the sickness, the nightmare. He is in everything, and he is ready and willing and able to engage with whatever is trying to diminish the lives that we are called to live. Jesus showed up at our gospel that when we are in pain, God is there. That when we are wrestling, God is there. That when we are not sure where to turn next, God is there. God is in all that we experience and the authority that Jesus preached with is strong enough to bring any wall down. The authority of Jesus is one that will free, heal, and empower us to live in the freedom we were created for. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? The answer, everything. So let's talk. Let's talk openly and honestly about our faith, about our lives, about our fears, about our joys. Let's talk about our heartbreak and our failings. Let's talk about our celebrations and our happiness. Let's talk with one another and with our God about all that is on our hearts and minds. We all have something that binds us, that tries to hold us back. Let's talk about it. God wants to have these conversations. And as children of God, we need to support one another in having these conversations. So let's talk. Let's build a place where all can find healing, comfort, and acceptance. Thanks be to God. Amen. And together we join in prayer. Let us pray. Loving God, 
in the midst of winter, we come together as your hopeful people. Some of us are cold and weary and salt-stained. Some of us are anxious about our lives, and yet we come, grateful for your light on our path and your companionship on our way. Warm and tender comforter, in the midst of winter, we pray for ourselves and for others. We pray for those who find life difficult and need help in reclaiming joy. We pray for those who are ill and those who care for them. We pray for women, men, and children who live in fear from violence and hunger and for those who walk beside them. And we pray for discernment that we might learn how to reach out to a suffering world around and beyond us. Ever renewing creator, even in the midst of winter, we sense signs of springtime, lengthening days and hints of snowdrops, hope for warmer days to come, talks of peace in war-torn parts of the world and promises of hope of change. Even in the midst of winter, we sense your warming presence and we pray for transformation, that we may live in perseverance, courage, and hope. During this time of pandemic, O oh God, we pray for all who feel isolated, for all who feel afraid, for all who are worn out. We pray for all who work in healthcare, for those working in the front lines, for patients and guardians, teachers, students, for all who are helping to distribute the vaccinations. We pray for Dr. Ian Era, for Dr. Nicola Mercer, for Dr. David Williams, for Dr. Teresa Tam, and for all who work in public health and who inform public policy. We pray for strength and resolve as we wait for the healing to come, that we may continue to care for one another. O oh God, we give you thanks for all the gifts that are shared with our churches, for the gifts of time, talent, and prayer, and money. Bless these gifts that they may continue to equip us to be your healing and holy presence in this time and in this place. O oh God, we offer now our individual prayers to you. We pray all this in Jesus' name, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And as we conclude this time of worship, 
and we go out into the daily lives that we live. May God bless us and keep us. May God inspire us and lead us to be part of the body of Christ, showing God's love and presence in all the days of our lives. May we go to love and to serve one another. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week for Sunday worship. As a church family, we would normally be in our building and we could pass the collection plates. We share our time, our talents, and our treasure. However, since we are unable to be together, we are asking for your continued support. You can e-transfer to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or graceuc at whiteman.ca. Checks can also be mailed to Grace United Church, 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, N4N1V6. Thank you for your support. Mm -hmm.